broadcasting from the Annie Up studio. It's the longest running poker podcast for the everyday poker player with your host, Joe Scale. Hello, A-Team. It is Friday, March 3rd. Another month is behind us and we begin the third month of 2023. This week's episode, I feel like, is going to go a little long, so I'm going to keep this as short as possible. But we have a fill-in for Tay in the hand of the week. We have a great surprise in the How You Run In segment when we talk to Jeff from Camp One Step and a little life advice in the one-outer. That's all I have, so let's get on with the show. Find out what conversations are happening around the poker table. With table talk. All right, here we are back around the poker table with Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Yo, Joe. Well, I am fine. Boy, if I was any better, you wouldn't be able to stand me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a week since we've done this. So, um, what's been new? Nothing. Just, you know, sunshine, warm, rain, cloudy. Fog. Well, listen, we've got a few things to talk about today. Let's start with uh, Moneymaker because we talked about him a few weeks ago. You know, his his poker room may have closed there in uh, Paducah, Kentucky, but now he's going to be starting the Moneymaker Tour. The Moneymaker um, Tour? Huh. Coming soon to a casino near you. <laughs> You know what? I bet he doesn't come to Virginia. I don't know. He's got uh, he's got some options. You know, he's he's got Portsmouth now. He's got Danville coming. It, he also has up there in the Baltimore, Maryland area. He could come too. That would be close enough. The details on it haven't been released yet. They said they won't be available for a few more weeks. But I'm guessing he won't have a stop in Paducah. Just a guess. I'm I'm guessing he won't have much trouble finding uh, any other venues, though. Speaking of venues, online, let's go back to this topic. We seem to be coming up on it a lot lately, too. But Indiana... Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Indiana will not be getting online poker this year as the iGaming measure expired in committee vote. Yeah, they didn't even get a chance to vote on it. Oh my gosh. So, no online for Indiana. Well, I guess let, let the money keep going out of state, y'all. Keep, yep, let it keep going out of state. Right. Mm. That's the way it's going. So, another thing that we did, and, and I had fun with it, February 22nd, we put a poll out because February 22nd was National Margarita Day. Yeah. So it, it got me to thinking, you know, when you go to the poker tables, do you want to have a drink? Do you not want to have a drink? Whatever. So I put a poll out with three options. One, bring me a beer. Two, mixed drinks or on the rocks for me. And three, no way, Jose Cuervo. No drinking at the table for me. <laughs> what? Where do you fall in on that, Mike? I would drink coffee in half and half. But uh, if I was going to have something, though, yeah, it would be a, I'd drink a screwdriver or a bourbon and Coke. But 
I mean, I may drink one, yeah. but I'm a, if I'm sitting there, I'll either have a bottle of water or coffee nine times out of 10. Yeah. I would say more times than not, I'm going to fall into that no way Jose Cuervo as well. Every now and then, and somebody else said this in the comments too, it depends on if I'm playing in a home game or if I am in the casino too. In a home game, I can cry. <laughs> well, doing this was kind of fun. I really enjoyed seeing the responses from people. So I thought each week we're going to come up with a poll and we're going to put it out there for the people. You, know, you and I was talking about some stuff one day and, and you brought it up. You asked, you know what I'd like to see? Where do most people listen to us at? On what app do they listen to us? I like it. I think. What's the ones that, you know, where you at, folks? Yeah, I like that. So this week's poll will be, um, what podcast app do you use to listen to Annie Up? I like it. And then we can give them some choice. You listen to yours on what? Apple, right? I got an Apple. Yeah, my, my Apple there is always available. Yeah. Casey is on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Spotify is probably where the majority of people that are not using Apple go. It's funny because iHeart says that they are the number one app for podcasts. So we'll see if that's true. We'll find out about that. And then I know a lot of people. iHeart's done a lot of radio stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I use Stitcher, which is kind of old school. I think think it's kind of. uh, Stitcher older i just learned okay so this is actually a good good topic because we had some problems a while back when i was first getting this uploaded i was having trouble with it getting onto stitcher and i had learned through that process that stitcher actually got bought out what a surgeon bar um <laughs> so stitcher was bought by sirius xm actually Oh, okay. All right. So I guess that'll be our that'll be our main choices. You've got Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, or other. Okay. Five choices. Good gosh. Hey, another thing I want to tell everybody real quick about before we do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm I, I, we gotta get this out there. It's something that's that's really you know, it's really good for me because I'm sitting here just chewing away. But guys, a Girl Scout cookie has been selling cookies for two weeks now, <laughs> maybe three weeks. All right. And I bought a case of cookies. Uh, I'm sorry, a case? A case. I bought 12 boxes of cookies. I got two boxes left of cookies. What is your What is your favorite cookie, Girl Scout cookie, I should say? I don't have one. What do you mean you don't have one? That's a cop out. What is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? My favorite. The ones that, okay, if they quit making those cookies all together, and the Thin Mints bought hands down. Yeah. See? Yeah. Then, Samoas. What, wait, what are the Samoas? Which one's those? It's the, it's the round coconut cookie with the yeah, I like chocolate. They're dangerous. They, they come out with one here a while back, just several years ago, that was a, it's a big old animal cookie, you know, the animal on the square. Okay. And they dip it down, dipped in chocolate. And, they were, they were, that was the best cookie I've eaten. What? And then they quit making them two years later. Two years they quit making them. Yeah, uh, it has to be. I love them lemon ones. God, man, you got me going. I'll open another pack up and tell you tomorrow. <laughs> My favorite is the, I don't even know what they're called, but it's the, the peanut butter and chocolate. What are those called? 
I can't remember, but I know what you're talking about. I uh, Thin mints when, I mean, you freeze the thin mints. You got to put them in the freezer. Yeah. Then you pull them out with a big old glass of milk. I think you can keep the milk, but uh, I, the rest of it sounds good. All right, Mike, you take it easy. Stop. I'm playing in that charity tournament tomorrow night. I forgot to tell everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're raising money for for military, law enforcement, uh, emergency services workers, and a lot of different things, veterans. They, they, you know, I've been looking at this company, and they, they, they take money. They do birthday parties for old veterans and stuff, and and they help out families of uh, uh, people uh, in military and law enforcement, emergency services, and stuff. Gratitude Charlottesville Charity Poker Tournament. It's their annual charity. It's their second annual, I think, this year. You know, it's a hundred dollar buy-in. And it's six hundred dollars in chips. They start at seven p.m. tomorrow night, and just go. I'm going to have a little fun. So I'm hoping that those folks have a great turnout, you know. Uh, all right. I just want to throw that in there. So uh, I'll be there, and I'll let you know next week how it was. That sounds good. Um, say the name one more time. Gratitude. Gratitude. Charity Poker. Let us know next week how you did, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Now it's time for Call the Floor with Elliot Schechter. Elliot Schechter is the poker room manager for Rivers Casino in Schenectady, New York. He joins us each week to say how he would rule on situations that come up in your games, and he's with me again this week. How are you, Elliot? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. How are you doing, Joe? I am doing well. Baseball season is upon us, so I'm excited. <laughs> I can't wait. Big baseball fan. <laughs> Great. Well, listen, Mickey Foster sent in this week's Call the Floor, and he says he's playing 1-3. It folds to me in cutoff, and I open to 12 with the Jack of Diamonds, 10 of Clubs. It then folds to the Big Blind, who is a friendly 60-something man who calls. Flop comes, Jack of Spades, 10 of Hearts, 6 of Hearts. I bet 20. He jams for like 95 more. I call. Board runs out, runner, runner, spades. Villain looks at the board, then back at his hand, and is hesitant to show so I just roll over my cards. He kind of shakes his head and looks one more time. He's never tabled his hand. He's holding his cards out in front of him enough that the player to his right can see. Villain is about to muck, still hasn't tabled his hand. Guy to his right tells him he made the runner-runner nut flush, and he tables the ace of spades, ten of spades. If the hand is not tabled, should other players be able to talk about the hand, even if they can see it? And is this more of a poker etiquette question? Well, I'll answer both those questions. Yes, <laughs> it is a poker etiquette question because, well, it's behavior. One player to a hand, one hand to a player. Well, this is a clear violation of that rule, and that's an etiquette rule more than anything else, even though it is one of the rules that makes the game the game of poker. Players should not be talking about hands that are not tabled, period, ever. That player was, in effect, reading that player's hand for them and, and did so rather explicitly in the situation you sent us. Right. So there's good and bad here. You were never going to win this pot, Mickey, and, and I, I feel badly for that. Just because a, a third party interfered doesn't mean you're going to win. We're not disqualifying uh, the winning hand nor that player. The offending player, the one who read his hand while it was not on the table, I'm generally going to rack that player up and send him packing for the day. And if he's done it before... I'm probably sending him packing for a few months. Oh. This is a pretty serious violation of the game. 
poker is not a team sport, unless it's specifically a, a tag team tournament or, or some kind of team event. Uh, cash poker especially is an individual endeavor. This player had no right to read the hand until it was tabled. Once it's on the table, not only can and may people read the hands, but everybody at the table, including the dealers, obligated to read the hand once the backs of those cards are on the table. But that was not the case. These cards were clearly in possession of the player, not tabled. Nobody besides the player in possession of that hand uh, has the right to turn it over or read it at that point. The third party absolutely needs to be penalized, and very severely, I might add. This is, this is not one of those mercy situations. Oh, I didn't know. Well, by getting thrown out, you'll learn. Don't do it. <laughs> well, let me ask you about the player that was holding his his cards out there, kind of unprotecting those. Is there any kind of punishment or penalty for that player as well? He would receive an admonishment, and according to the, the rules, a, a warning is still a penalty. Uh, he would absolutely be uh, be admonished and reprimanded for holding his cards in such a way that other players could see them and gain information. He's not supposed to do that. We're all responsible for protecting the game and protecting our hands. He's not supposed to be holding his cards in a way that other people can see them. Right. Even if the betting is over. Unless he was turning the hand over, there's no point in other people seeing those cards. So you would issue a warning to the player that was holding his cards out and the other player that spoke up in the hand would be asked to leave the table? Is that right? Correct. The player who who is holding his cards in such a way that other people can see them, yeah, we would let him know that's not acceptable. You must protect uh, your hand. You must protect the game. You can't show other people your cards when they're not tabled. The offending player, the person who read the hand while it wasn't tabled, I'm not just showing him out of the game, I'm throwing him out of the casino. He's leaving for at least the day, and if it's happened with him previously, he's leaving for a much longer period of time. Yeah. All right, well, Mickey, I hope that clears things up for you, and uh, thank you, Elliot. You're welcome, Joe. Always good time. Let's break it down with Hand of the Week. All right, here we are with another Hand of the Week. Uh, Tay Whiteside couldn't join us this week, so I uh, went out and found another fish. That's Patrick Guzzi. He's here with us. How you doing, Patrick? I'm pretty good. So we're going to do this the same way. You go through the hand, and then I will critique afterward. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. This hand was sent in by Chris Fry. Chris is playing 1-3 in this particular case, under the gun straddles for $9, and it's folded to Chris in the cutoff. He has about $1,400-ish in his stack. You have the King of Diamonds, 10 of Clubs. What are you going to do? I'm going to go ahead and call with that. All right. So you call the $9, and in the case of Chris, so Chris actually went with a raise, he opened to $30. Wow. So he he took it up a little bit higher, which typically when somebody straddles, then you want to try to pump up the action a little bit like that. Taking it up to 30, that's a little over three times, which I would probably stick to, you know, right around that 3x raise. The small blind calls, the small blind has just over $600 in his stack. And the straddler calls as well with around 350 behind. So then your flop comes out. It's the queen of diamonds, the six of clubs, and the two of spades. It checks to you. What are you going to do? So it checks to me. I didn't pair anything up. I don't have any kind of draw that I can see. Um, I'm probably going to... I'm probably going to check back to them and see how the betting goes. All right. Well, Chris... 
looked at the aggression that he had before the flop. He looked at that aggression, made a C-bet of 55 So he continued for $55. The small blind calls and the straddler now folds. So he got one person out. He says the small blind, there's a little information on who you're playing with now. Small blind is an older gentleman who has limped pre with three strong hands prior. Queens, kings, and ace king. Wow. So they've seen him limp with those hands already. So he made the call, and the turn is the ace of diamonds. Now the small blind leads into you for $65. What are you going to do with that? So if he's limped in going into previous hands with those sets of cards, and now he comes out strong, my guess is that he was looking for a draw that he completely missed on the flop, and now he's going to try to take this down. I still don't have anything that I've paired just yet, but I'm going to call. Okay. All right. I mean, you did uh, you did get a, a gut shot, right? So you need a jack. Yeah. But uh, that's really the only thing that you're looking at. Yep. Yeah. And he says, I got a bit confused in the moment as he donk bet into me. The donk bet didn't make much sense. The ace should help my range more than his. I had seen him do a similar play earlier in the night with a weak one pair holding on the turn, which seemed like he was trying to do some sort of blocker bet. I call. Now the river comes out as the three of diamonds, making the board queen of diamonds, six of clubs, two of spades, ace of diamonds, three of diamonds. Now the small blind checks. What are you going to do? So looking back at how the hand played out with my first strong bet, he limped in afterwards. He came in with a strong bet after the ace of diamonds came down. I'm probably going to go in strong thinking that he's going to fold out on missing and thinking that I have a high pair in my hand or matched up something else. So I'm probably going to come in. What was the original bet? It was what? So the the original bet that you made in this one was $30. Then you see bet on the flop for 55 and then he let into you for 65. So your pot right now is $333. I'm probably going to push Probably 75, thinking he'll go away on this, even with nothing. All right. So Chris says, I think I have one of my best bluff candidates, specifically with the King of Diamonds. And I think I can have a ton of strong hands, which I would want to use a large sizing for. I also think it's very unlikely that he has a flush, given that he donked the turn and then checked to me on the river when the flush completed. So... I shove all in for $490 effective. Way to go, Chris. <laughs> he got called, and the the older gentleman had ace deuce for two pair. Wow. So a couple of things on this hand. Pre-flop with king 10 in the cutoff. I think it's okay to push there, but it's also... I, I could go either way. I definitely... You know, if, if I feel like I think that the straddler is going to come over the top of me or something like that, I could definitely fold a king-10 offsuit. It's not a super strong hand. But as played, I don't understand on the flop, betting 60% of the pot on kind of a dry board. There's not much there. Then 
On the turn, when he bets there, you've got to figure he's played strong hands with limps already to this point, so you've got to put him on something there. He just called you before that, so I, I definitely, I mean, I could definitely fold right there. You've got to put him on two pair sets, you know, things like that. I definitely, I think I'm, I'm folding there because once you get to this point, what are you going to rep otherwise? Because you bet big on the flop and then you just called on the turn. So I don't know that you can rep much there where you're 60% on the flop and then maybe, maybe a backdoor flush, but that's about it. Uh, on the river, the jam there doesn't make a lot of sense because if you have the flush there, you're going to want to get paid. So over betting like that doesn't make a lot of sense. You're not going to make your money that way uh, on the hands that can potentially call you. I mean, you're you're running the risk of them folding. Whereas if you bet half the pot, three quarter pot even, they may call you. That's my thoughts on there. Um, just not a not a super wise spot for a bluff. That's what I would say. But pre-flop, definitely would have raised something there big. I probably would have folded on the turn rather than making that call. Or maybe even if I'm going to put a raise in, maybe put that raise in on the turn rather than jamming on the river or something like that. What uh, What are your thoughts on the rest of the hand? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, looking back on it now, I mean, we can always, you know, Monday morning quarterback, even with that. I mean, it would have been smart too. you know, it obviously makes a lot of sense when the bet came out, when he had the bet come out on the aces or when the ace came out, you know, and at that point, maybe it's a cut your loss kind of thought process, at least in my head. But at that point, you know, he limped in a couple of times beforehand. Maybe that was swaying the decision, but not a strong enough hand to throw a bet at the end, but right. (laughs) That, uh, you know, the the thought process, like you said, where, where go back to um, he had limped in with those strong hands before. I mean, then I'm surprised that he was only at, at, at ace deuce because he could definitely have limped in with ace queen if he limped in with ace king. So, you know, put that in that range as well. Anyway, that's that's the hand of the week. Chris, I appreciate you sending that in. Patrick, I appreciate you joining me on this one. Absolutely. If uh, if you need another fill-in next time, then we'll have a little bit more success on that next hand of the week. So that count sounds me good. in. <laughs> that sounds good. All right. And if you have a hand of the week that you would like us to break down, send it to podcast at com. The question is, how you running? All right, Dave Kurt is our Arizona ambassador, and he's been working hard out there. Before we get too far, Dave, how you running out there? Good, Joe. Glad to be back on the show. Um, personally, yeah, it's. Uh, I think the last time we spoke was running into it a little bit, but things yep. have straightened out, and you know, the I think a, a lot of it I attribute to just the tourism that's been coming through here. A lot of different players not seeing the same regs at every table right. that you have normally. So with spring training in full swing, see a lot of new faces at the tables and. Uh, yeah, thankfully the, the the hands have cooperated as well. So all all in all, really, really running pretty well. Well, that's awesome. I, and I know that you've been uh, traveling a little bit before we got on here. You mentioned you went out to Texas and played a little bit. How'd you do out there? Uh, I didn't do well, but you know, just finally getting a chance to play in Texas, I think, was really cool for me. Having to do the, the membership thing, I was in Houston and paying the rake, you know, on a time basis, and then dealer change, bomb pot, double board bomb pots. So. <laughs> But it was really a cool experience. Nice. 
Well, let's start with talking about some of the tournaments that are going to be happening out there or that have happened out there. And uh, then we'll kind of transition into the cash game scene out there. So what what's tournaments look like right now? I think the biggest one is going to be Lone Butte at the end of this month, and they're already running satellites for it, but it's a uh, 200K guarantee at Lone Butte. It's a $500 entry, and that'll run Thursday, Friday, Saturday, starting March 30th. And as, like I said, there's a lot of satellites going all month. And I know Talking Stick is, they're planning something. I don't know yet, but I think they've got something big coming up as well. They're still running their their big stacks. Like Saturday, there's a 345, and that usually has anywhere from nine to 10,000 up top. Um, and they've got their winter divisional championship, which runs right now and it uh, the tournament's going to be on march 26th okay uh, so a lot of players are trying to do well in the dailies to qualify for that that's a 40k guarantee okay is your wife playing on playing any of those she's qualified for it yeah nice she's trying to get a few more points it helps <laughs> well what about what about the cash game scene out there we we talked before you know you're you're primarily cash game i love playing cash i do love mixing the two together though so what's what's the cash game look like out there you know i primarily play a talking stick and i'll go down to lone butte a few times you know a month with my wife but um talking stick is is got a big room and right now i think since super bowl and waste management that day was full it was completely full i think they had 60 some tables going and it's been super active right after that spring training you know baseball season started so you you see a lot of people out there with their team hats (laughs) and gear on playing and uh, I think more so in the two, three and some of the limit games, you don't quite see that in the three, five and five, 10, but I can see on the board that starting Thursday and going all the way through the weekend, you're seeing some really big games running. So it, it's a good time. It's a really good time to be out here playing poker. There's a lot of action. That's good. That's what I like to hear. Well, we've got that tournament getting ready to start up that they're running the satellites for. We'll kind of touch base once that gets going too, but uh, definitely wanted to uh, get on here and talk about things that were upcoming. It had been a while since we had touched base down your way. So I appreciate you jumping on and we'll talk again in a few weeks. All right. Anytime, Joe. Take care. All right. Thanks. Now we'll run out to L.A. where Todd Lemansky is our ambassador. Todd, I know the LAPC is wrapping up and uh, we've got, you know, another circuit event starting there. But first, let's get started with how you running. Well, you know, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, so that's always a good thing. That's right. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did not cash in any of the events I played at the LAPC. And uh, I busted out with aces uh, suited to a baby card in stud eight. So anybody that plays stud eight knows that I couldn't have asked for a pretty much a better hand to get my last uh, seven big bets in on. <laughs> such is life in poker. Was not to be. Okay. Well, like I said, you know, the LAPC is wrapping up now. We started it out with an interesting story that we talked about uh, on the podcast with Perry Green winning his first tournament in like 35 years which was a fun start. What other stories highlight that series? Well, um, I think one of the big ones is uh, the $1,200 Classic, which was the tournament that uh, happened before the main event started. It was event number 56. They got 1,331 entries, which generated a prize pool over $1.4 million. And Wow, so poker's growing still. And Michael Wasserman uh, from Woodland Hills took home $241,670 for first place. Love it. Not a bad day at the office. Right. <laughs> the the 4040 actually did pretty good, too. They had 975 entries and generated a prize pool of $497,250 with a 200 guaranteed prize pool. So they like 2.5x that one. Yeah, that's good. 
And um, I'd say the other ones is uh, James Woods, uh, one of our, he plays a lot of mixed games in LA, the actor James Woods. We see yeah. him around a lot. Yeah. Uh, he cashed in a few events. He actually won the uh, $600 Heroes Partners event with a girl named Linda Tran. Okay. And uh, Ari Engel who is a professional player Yeah. who play, he's one of the only guys I've ever seen that can bust a $10,000 tournament. And then 10 minutes later, we'll buy into a $250 horse event. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like most poker players, like they either play one level or they play this level or the guys that play big right. don't like to play small. And the guys that play small can't afford to play big. And this guy just likes to play poker. And that's good. But he had several caches too, uh, including winning the nine game uh, six handed mix tournament that i busted out of with my aces <laughs> um that's that's all good stuff and then we've got the uh circuit event kicking off that one actually started on tuesday the 28th so we got a little bit of an overlap right now with the lapc and the bicycle so the okay, uh, yeah so the final table the last seven players in the lapc main event are uh going to have cards in the air at noon today uh on the west coast that's okay. about uh, an hour and 45 minutes from now. That will run until the 5th of March. So they still have this uh, Remington series, which is 100K guarantee with a $250 buy-in. That's going to be starting up uh, today, I think it is. And then uh, and then the circuit event at the bike kicked off, like I said, on Tuesday. And we'll be running through uh, April 18th. Right now at the bike is the first quantum reload event. It's a 300K guarantee with buy-ins, $300, $560, and $2,100, depending on when you buy into the tournament. So are you able to play any of those? I can play. One of the things uh, that attracted me to stay and work at the bike in the first place was the fact that even when I was a dealer, you could play. So So do you have any of those? circled on your calendar yeah we are actually also hosting a mixed game championship it's in a quantum reload format there's 150k guarantee that's going to be event 40 it's going to kick off on tuesday the 28th of march and day two will be the 4th of april it's got buy-in levels of 500 and a thousand you can play day 1a as 08 as stud 8 as limit hold'em there's a, a day with a stud 808 mix. There's a triple, triple draw, which is deuce to seven, Badoogie and ace to five. That's the one I got my eye on. And then okay. um, day two, basically, if you buy in for $500, 10% of the field will make it to day two. And if you buy in for 1,000, 20% of the field will make it to day two. Day two will kick off on Tuesday the 4th, and it will actually be heroes, which is horse, but uh, the TDA kind of changed the horse rules at their last summit to kind of separate some of the stud games. So horse is now heroes for anybody that didn't know. But most play anybody anybody that follows the TDA, they're going to play horses heroes from now on because to separate, they don't want the the two stud games in a row or whatever. Okay. So that's the one I got. That's the one I had uh, highlighted for me. Like I said, the 300K Quantum is going on right now. Day two for that's going to be this Sunday. Uh, if you want to buy in directly to day two, that's a $2,100 buy in. And then our first ring event is going to be uh, on Saturday at 10 a.m. It's a double stack, $250 buy in with a 50K guarantee. Okay. Also, the $1,700 main event circuit. We got a $2,200 high roller. And this is also the Mega Millions. It will happen uh, in April. And it's like a big quantum reload tournament. It's got a $1.5 million guarantee with buy-in levels of $275, $560, and a direct buy-in to day two for $3,600. So that's what we're looking at right now. 
So what does this what does tournaments like this do to the cash game scene out there? Does it bring more to it? There's already a pretty big cash scene out there, but does this bring a little bit more action to that? I mean, it has to because uh, I know. Uh, I mean, I obviously know some of the dealers that work at the bike too, even on the cash side, because they used to work in the tournament side. And he was telling me they're not even allowed to take off at all. Why we have a tournament series going on? Nobody can make oh. a vacation request. So that tells me that there's definitely a bump in the uh, in the cash games when we're running a major tournament series in the event center. That makes sense, actually. But perfect. Anything else you want the uh, listeners to know about what's going on out there? No, just keeping with what I said last time is, like I said, the, the bike's going to wrap up on 418 and then the Commerce is coming back on April 21st to May 21st. So like I said before, there's always a tournament happening in the LA area for anybody that likes to play tournaments. Good deal. Alright, well, last thing before I let you go, I, wanted, I did want to say thank you. Todd sent me some pictures from the Truman Presidential Library based on the one-outer that I did a few weeks ago. Those were pretty cool pictures. Uh, that chipset there and just really cool pictures that was i appreciate you doing that yeah and then uh, as we both are uh missouri fans of course with your royals background and my chief's hat uh, <laughs> we, we've got to note that president truman was also the only president from missouri so that is correct <laughs> <laughs> all right todd i appreciate you uh, jumping on here and we will talk once we get a little bit further into this uh, circuit event. We'll see you soon. All right. Sounds good, Joe. Thanks. Now we'll close out this segment back in Chicago with Jeff Infusino from Camp One Step. Hey, Jeff, we typically start with uh, how you're running in this segment, but uh, in your case, we'll just start with how you doing. I'm doing great, Joe, and thanks for having me on. And I, I appreciate how you're running and how you go into that, because if you're talking about how I'm running, my game's always bad. So I appreciate you just <laughs> asked how I'm doing. <laughs> well, listen, we'll get to, we're, we're going to get to the poker stuff in a minute, um, but I want to talk a little bit about the Utah Ski Camp uh, that just ended, right? Yep. I looked at some of the pictures online. I loved looking through there. It looked like a lot of fun. You know, I saw people with the rock climbing and the skiing and and snowboarding and all that. But tell me a little bit about that because it looks like so much fun. Oh, yeah. No, I'm happy to talk about it. The Utah Ski Camp, as well as all of our camps, are all about what you can do and giving you an opportunity as a camper to forget about your cancer diagnosis and, and not get caught up in treatment and all those type of things. We give you an opportunity to be with other kids that have gone through that, your counselors that have maybe been through that as well, but more importantly, put the I can back in your life, right? And as my last time I was on, it's cancer does the all, all, everything about I can. Um, so Utah Ski Camp was getting kids out to Park City, Utah. And the reason we go to Park City is we have an incredible organization called the National Ability Center that allows us to bring kids that may not have be the perfect skiers. What I mean by that is they may be legally blind or they might have some impairments that don't allow them to ski as we normally would. Um, we have kids that are in wheelchairs that are using in a, in a sled so they can sit ski, if you will, and they can ski down double diamonds. And, you know, that is really what it's all about is don't let things get in your way. You can do whatever you want to do. And our job from a camp perspective is given that opportunity. So we had 30 kids that went to Utah and uh, they were they had a great week of skiing, and they at one day they got 24 inches of snow in between. You know, so it was like a Monday, Tuesday, I got that Wednesday, 24 inches of snow. Can you believe it? Wow! 
No, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. And they were out there loving it. And, you know, it, it was just what Utah is supposed to be, right? You want them to have right. it, know, and enjoy it. But, you know, a couple of quick stories. And I, I want to read an email, if it's okay with you, that I, re- that I received from a parent. Oh, yeah. So one story is we had a camper that came to camp about two years ago. And he used to ski with his dad uh, quite a bit. But because of his can- cancer, his stability wasn't there to be able to be just on a couple of skis and going down any mountain. And we went, we went to Utah, and because of the National Ability Center, they were able to get him in a sled. So now he was guided with, we have uh, instructors that help guide him down the hill, and they're, they're tethered and doing that. And when he came off, he said, you know, my dad and I talked about this, and I thought I would never be able to ski with him again. And now I have the opportunity to ski with my dad like we used to. So I didn't lose that opportunity. And that's what camp does. That's what it gives us that opportunity right. for kids to get their life back, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. And, and if I can, just read this email from – just came across from this parent. Oh, yeah. She says, I have no idea how to thank you and your team for the ski trip you provided to my child. I did have to push her a little bit to go because she wasn't quite sure about it. I have not heard one thing about the trip but other than she had a great time and she loved it. She had an absolute blast. She loved everyone so much that the experience was priceless. For a parent, it's not only about the fun had. She came home to a whole new perspective on life. She saw kids that had the same thing as her, and they are now living life. I think she had a very hard time thinking about cancer after treatments. She kept thinking it will come back and couldn't move on. This camp and people gave her a new outlook. She even went to my parents' house and told them all about it and they couldn't believe how much she had changed. Now she is signing up for more camps and wants to be a counselor. Wow, huge. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. So wow. when you look at that. Yeah, she's wanting to, she had such a great time. She wants to give back and become a counselor, and that's, that's incredible. Yeah, and I think, Joe, the real important piece is, you know, we're going to talk about poker in a minute, but it's really the difference that, that, everyone here makes that says we we know from a cancer diagnosis we've known family members all of us on this podcast really and and friends and friends and and kids and all that but when they look at it it's devastating it thinks that you know all you're thinking about is what's next and now kids are coming back because that's that's been their that's been weighing on them so heavily but they go to camp and now their outlook's changed now they want to do more they feel they can do more right yeah I'm so glad that that there's a place like Camp One Step where these kids get a place to be kids, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, I, I I've enjoyed seeing those pictures. What uh, what's the next camp? So the next stop is we have a Chicago Day Camp that's coming up in March, where we have kids that are um, five to ten. It's, it's patients, kids that are diagnosed, as well as their siblings. We had siblings this year. And where they're going to do a bunch of activities and do rock climbing and they'll do some things that we kind of did in Utah, obviously at a smaller scale because of younger kids, but they'll do a lot of different things where they'll come together. And as that mom said in that email, it's about the fun, but it's about being with other kids that understand you, that make you feel whole again, right? And um, so that's coming up and that's um, based out of Chicago. So they'll be doing some things in the Chicago area, but we have... 40 or 45 kids that are going to be together, you know, experiencing camp. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, one last story, if I can, another mom sent an email the other day about 
how much her child enjoyed Utah and it made a difference for her. And she talked about how the reality hits pretty quickly when she came back from camp because she was, uh, she's in a sport and that sport now, she's not as fast and she's not as accepted because she's a little slower because of her cancer diagnosis. She's not as quick as some of the other kids and, you know, she doesn't get picked or she's the last one to get picked. Right. And she said, but she can handle that now because she has camp. And she has an opportunity to be herself when, when she when she wants to be. And so that's the important part that I just want to get across to you. And I know you know that, but your listeners as well, is everybody here makes a difference. And kids come back in a way that, you know, makes them feel so special. It's gratifying not only to the parents, but to us here at Camp One Step, all of our volunteers, all of our staff, our board, but everyone on your podcast, if they just go to at Camp One Step and follow us on social, they'll experience it firsthand as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would encourage everybody to do that because like I said, you know, when I look through those pictures and it's just so incredible to see the smiles on those faces and they, uh, they're the reason, like you said, that we're, we're doing all of these things like this, uh, tournament coming up. So (laughs) let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about where, uh, we are as far as registration goes. And then we'll talk about um, you guys have something special for the for the listeners as well. Yeah, we are excited that we're halfway sold out. So we are um, the tournaments on April 20th at Geller Marchetti in Chicago. And we are halfway through. You know, one thing we have going on is, you know, registration is, is starting to pick up. And so we have something for the listeners, but we have, you know, a lot of great things planned. So um, the most important thing is for us to check us out on our website, um, go to camponestep.org and look at things to sign up. But for your listeners, uh, for everybody that's listening to this podcast, we have a special uh, code, which would give uh, anybody that signs up $50 off a player seat. And, you know, that seat is $300. That seat now becomes $250. And that for that $250, you have an opportunity to, to go to the World Series of Poker. Yeah, Absolutely. And that code for you guys is ANTEUP50, A-N-T-E-U-P-5-0. That is correct. Okay, good. Well, listen, I am super excited. I know my wife and I are coming out there and participating, and I know it's going to be a good time, but is there anything else about the tournament that you want to make sure that our listeners know about? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think that one of the things that we talked a little bit about last time and I want to throw out here, as we talked about the Annie Up 50 is for the player seat, um, we do have a high roller segment, uh, yes. high roller seats available, right? And those are $700. But you, you think about it when you have a tournament that has in our player seats around 200 to 220 players, right? right. You have to walk through these different you know, segments to get to that World Series final table. When you go to the a high roller seat, even though it's a larger investment, you know, it's only 30 players and three of those, you know, 30 make it to the final table, right. right? So, you know, your opportunity to get to that World Series of Poker number one seat or prize is uh, reduced quite a bit. So we do have high roller seats available at $700. You can get that on our website as well. But most importantly is that, you know, if you really want to decide, you want to fast track your way in. That's the best way to do it. 
Nice. And then you've got, uh, for the spectators that are there, you've got some fun things for them too. You've got, I think you had the whiskey tasting before. Is that still a thing this year? We have whiskey tasting. We have a full buffet. We have um, a, a craft brewery uh, that's there, you know, for everybody that, that's participating. But spectators will get some other perks that we have going on that day that we're still outlining and putting together. But just to be in that environment and looking at uh, what's going on in the field, what's happening in the room, and then to get the other things that are going on too. I think it's a it's a great opportunity for people to just come and, and join us and have fun. Even if you don't play poker, come on, be a spectator. Absolutely. All right, Jeff, I appreciate you taking the time to be on here and talk to the listeners today. I'm looking forward to being able to meet you when we get out there on the 20th of April. And um, we'll get you on here again, and we'll talk about some of the other things before the tournament starts and afterward to talk about that golf tournament too. Yeah, no, I'd love to do that, Joe. And thank you so much for taking the time to have me on here. I'm very grateful for for you taking that time and for all of your uh, people listening today. Uh, but most important, on behalf of all of our staff and our volunteers and our campers, specifically our campers and families, thank you so much because you're making a difference. I appreciate it. It's time for Joe's One Outer. Poker is simple. You get some cards and then you bet that your hand's better than your opponent's. If your cards are the best, you win. Alternatively, if your opponents are worried that your hand is best and fold, you also win. In both life and poker, you can win by either being the best or by being the only one who doesn't give up. Sometimes it's your tenacity and courage that triumph over someone with the best hand. In life, being confident can get you through a job interview ahead of someone that may have a stronger resume. Not being the best at something is no excuse for not trying. You can still win in both poker and life if you play better than others with what you have. Not having the best starting hand is no excuse to fold. You can get further in life than others that may come from a more advantageous background. You just may have to work a little harder. There are also those perfect hands in poker. The nuts, we call them. The cards that cannot be beat. The issue is, your chips may run out before you have this type of hand. Also in life, waiting for the perfect opportunity may be preventing you from achieving your goals. You can easily run out of time while just waiting. It's dangerous to wait for the right time to quit your job or to start your own business or ask your boss for a raise. The opportunity may vanish if you wait for too long. Success in life and poker depends on finding the right compromises between waiting for favorable conditions and acting when required. Sometimes you're forced to play with horrible cards. But remember, you can still win. Don't make excuses. If you're too passive, you're gonna lose. You need to play proactively and take calculated risks to win. But also understand the risks. In poker, playing it safe means playing only when you have the best hands. Yet this style is so predictable that it can easily be exploited by your opponents. They may bluff you more often or they'll avoid confronting you because, hey, you only play the best hands. In life, you may be missing out on opportunities by also playing it safe. But playing recklessly is also a mistake. 
if we want to do well, we have to accept that there's risk in everything we do. You can never predict all the outcomes. The best we can do is to maximize our expectations by balancing risk with reward. So as we start off the month of March, I want to wish you all success in reaching your goals in life and poker. That's today's one outer, and that's today's show. See you next week, A-Team, and until then, I'll see you at the tables. The Any Up Podcast is a production of AnyUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcasts at AnyUpMagazine.com or call the show at 540-339-7741. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to editor at AnyUpMagazine.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.